Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 14th, 2017. My name is Phil Prosperneich. I'm the expert and site editor over at Orlando Magic daily.com and I'm on West Coast time. I hope many of you are too and enjoyed uh, a little bit of late night magic or as much as you could as the Orlando Magic fall to the Sacramento Kings 120 to 115. We'll have a complete breakdown of that game coming up on today's episode of the podcast. Also talk a little bit about uh, kind of the after effects of that game and and what this upcoming road trip means for the team uh, as well as what Monday's loss says to me as well. Uh, and then I will end the end the podcast talking a little bit about something bigger uh, that we've been kind of ruminating on um, throughout the entire season and, and finally uh, can maybe shed some shed some thoughts on this. And it all kind of ties in together to this idea of culture, uh, building a winning culture, kind of building a, a program up uh, into a, a winning outfit. But before we get going, I do want to say a quick word from our pals over at SeatGeek. Buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time. It has always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to, and none of those older ticket sites want to change that. But SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. I can say firsthand how much easier SeatGeek is than most of the other ticket sites. You know, the NCAA tournament is in Orlando this week. Thursday and Saturday at the Amway Center. Both Florida and Florida State are here. Mellow Trimble and Maryland is here. Trevon Bluett and Xavier is here. Xavier's had some good luck in Orlando in the past in the NCAA tournament. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sleep on them. I'm going to be out of town. I'm actually heading to Salt Lake City to watch my Northwestern Wildcats in the NCAA tournament. And as I was looking for tickets, the first place I went to was SeatGeek. As my family was looking for tickets because they're all Gator fans. They want to go see the Gators play. They were like, oh, where should we... They're asking me, where should we go to get tickets? Where should we go to get tickets? And I was like, guys, go to SeatGeek. Try those other ticket sites. You know, I was literally on... You know, my aunt was was a stickler about it. She was like, you know, I want to try Ticketmaster. You know, try try them or try some other some other website. Um, I just outed them. It was, yeah, she was, she was a Ticketmaster. Uh, and and I, I was literally on the phone with her for 20 minutes, walking her through the process of buying a ticket on Ticketmaster. It's so much easier going to SeatGeek. They have... A vast selection. They show you exactly which section you're going to be in, exactly exactly where you where you where you're going to be, whether you're getting a good price on your ticket. It is so much easier to use SeatGeek. SeatGeek is always the first place I go to to look for tickets to a game or concert. And everything about SeatGeek, as I said, is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. SeatGeek does all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensuring that you get the best possible deal. SeatGeek does all the work, and you save time, and most importantly, money. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. Here's what you have to do to get the rebate. 
Download the SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab and click out a promo code. Enter the promo code LOMAGIC and SeatGeek will send you a $20 rebate after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOMAGIC today. And it should be noted, while the Magic are on the road this week, there are only, I can count them, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven home games left in the Orlando Magic season. I know the Magic maybe aren't the most exciting team in the world right now, but seven home games left to see the Orlando Magic before the season ends. That does include next Wednesday night, so so two weeks from Wednesday, Victor Oladipo's return to the Amway Center with the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, and some guy named Russell Westbrook. He's probably not you know, going to, to do anything significant this year in the, in the award season. Uh, and frankly, neither are the, the Magic. I, I guess I guess that's as good of a transition as any to get into Monday's game. The Orlando Magic falling to the Sacramento Kings 120 to 115 in a game that to me was a little disappointing in a lot of ways. Um, I, I have to say it was just a, a, a little disappointing because Orlando did so much good and yet were always seeming, at least in the second half, always fighting uphill. They they could not get out of their own way, it felt like, the entire game. And against a team like the Sacramento Kings, that's a bit of a problem. And it's not to take away from the Kings. The Kings played a fantastic game. They earned the win because they, they played harder, they played cleaner, they played sharper, uh, they they took punches, they stuck with it, and they won the game. They were the better team on Monday night. They deserved to win that game. But you can't sit there and have a Guanchak game and not say the Magic could have could have taken it too. They could have gotten uh, the victory here as well. The game unfolded pretty much this way. Both teams stayed within striking distance of each other for most of the game. Sacramento took a 10-point lead. It was in the fourth, late, like midway through the fourth quarter. Sacramento took a 10-point lead. And Orlando suddenly like snapped into attention. Their defense got sharper. They were able to get out in transition more. They scored. They made some, they made some baskets. They were the dominant team at, down the stretch. Until they got within two points. And then all the problems that were occurring throughout the entire game popped up again. This lack of focus. Lack of attention to detail a lack of execution, a lack of cohesion even. The Magic did not make the plays they needed to down the stretch. And there was one specific stretch that really seemed to, to tie that all together. And the Magic kind of went, were down by two. They had two possessions down two points to get back in the game. And both times they really rushed the shot uh, and they really uh, did not uh, get a good look. I mean, I think Nikola Vucevic got a good post look and, and short-armed it and missed it. Sacramento comes all the way down down the floor. Orlando's decently set set up. They, they, they get back, and in secondary transition, Anthony Tolliver cuts right behind Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon just turned his head, got, got beat back door, uh, and Anthony Tolliver, Tolliver gets a dunk to make it a four-point game. Credit to Aaron Gordon. He bounces back, makes a three on the next possession, but Sacramento's able to get Darren Collison in the paint, Kick it back out to Anthony Tolliver for a three. Makes it a four-point game. Orlando down four with about 45 seconds left. They opt to go for a three. I thought it was a very confusing play. Like Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier kind of isolated themselves on one side of the floor and, and played kind of 
I, mean, I did a two main game and, and they didn't get a bad look. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate the look. I, I just think that they could have definitely gotten a better shot. They had time, uh, just some some bad clock management. Uh, I don't know if that was the play from from Vogel, uh, but it, it was not in a game that saw a lot of like poor execution, just kind of poor decision making on shots, especially. It was a curious decision. Sacramento ends the game shooting 16 for 30 from beyond the arc, including five for seven three-pointers from Anthony Tolliver. Darren Collison ends up with 19 points, 13 assists, uh, seven free-throw attempts, made all seven of them. Did a really good job turning the corner, getting the paint, and kicking it out again. Sacramento made three-pointers, which is absolutely critical for them, uh, and they continued to push the pay, kind of push the magic around and and it was a game where there wasn't a lot of defense played to be honest. Uh, you know, the Magic did not do much defensively against this team. And then Orlando was fortunate that Sacramento didn't play much defense back. Orlando shoots 46.4% from the floor, 13 for 34 from beyond the arc. They actually started 1 of 13 until Nikola Vucevic hit back-to-back three-pointers in the second quarter, late in the second quarter to bring that back. Orlando, though, gets 56 points in the paint. They did a really good job attacking. Uh, Sacramento was not stopping them when they wanted to get into the paint and score. And while they have big guys like Willie Cauley-Stein and uh, uh, Scott LaBissiere uh, who can block some shots, Costa Kufos was out, um, they had some guys who, who caused some problems in and around the basket. Orlando was able to attack and score when they wanted to. Problem was, Orlando was still not very efficient. 13 turnovers leading to 18 Sacramento points. Sacramento did a good job taking advantage of every magic mistake. And Orlando just seemed unsure of themselves at times. Uh, They committed three turnovers right out of the locker room at at halftime, uh, discontinuing a run of poor play. Orlando had a six-point lead, their largest of the game, late in the second quarter. And, uh, you know, kind of Dante Marcatelli and and the Fox Sports Florida crew kind of said— the coaching staff said that we need to start pulling away here. We need to we need to take our our shot and extend the lead. They didn't do that. They ended up going to the locker room tied. Sacramento took the lead uh, to start the third the third quarter thanks to three early turnovers. And it was just kind of a symbol of a, a lack of preparation, a lack of focus from the team throughout. The bench did score thirty three points, but noticeable drop off in intensity when the bench came in. Uh, that that all, you know, I, I wrote about it on OrlandoMagicDaily.com yesterday about the, the bench unit and how it's been inconsistent at best, uh, certainly struggling. Uh, it's, it's had some moments, had some nice moments. Uh, the, the bench helped win the, the game against Chicago. Um, did some nice things against the Cavs on, on Saturday in the second half. That second quarter when that all bench unit is in, though, it always seems to be bad. Orlando gets out, Orlando actually outscored Sacramento 35-34 in the second quarter, but this after a 24-23 first quarter in Sacramento's favor, so this offense really began to pick up uh, as the as as the game went on, and, and the Magic could never reel it back defensively, and uh, that is a problem for a team that wants to make its hay on defense. We'll talk a little bit more about that, I guess, in just a moment, but let's run through some final stats for you uh, on the game just to wrap things up. Nikola Vucevic leads the way with 23 points, 10 for 17 shooting, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 blocks. Good game from Nikola Vucevic. Uh, really dominated Willie Cauley-Stein, just, just muscled him around, kind of did whatever he wanted to. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's some, that's usually a good thing. can be a bad thing if, you, if you're settling for shots. Um, there was When the offense struggled, it was because they were settling for jumpers when they could get into the paint whenever they wanted. And Vucevic figured that out and, and certainly scored and dominated uh, there as well. I'm burying the lead. Alfred Payton with his third triple double of the year, 13 points, 10 rebounds, 13 assists, 6 or 10 shooting for 
Peyton, one turnover, one block. Another really fantastic game for Peyton. Like I said, Magic were getting in the paint whenever they wanted to, and that's the kind of game that Peyton succeeds at because he can get into the paint whenever he wants to. He can score. He can dish. He can, as long as he's sucking in the defense, he can make things happen. And so uh, a really good game from Alfred Payton and obviously a really good run of play. Nothing to be upset about. Uh, not, not too much to be upset about with Alfred Payton, at least offensively, defensively. Darren Collison got away from him a few times and, and that's certainly a concern because gave away a lot of it, unfortunately, uh, with that. Uh, um, Evan Fournier, 21 points, 8 for 18 shooting, 4 for 11 for me on the arc. Tough shooting night for him. Uh, did make some shots. When, when, when he was shooting the ball making shots, the Magic were playing well. When he wasn't, they weren't. Um, I, I think it's that, that simple. Obviously, he can score. Uh, you know, we're, you know we, 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 we can debate his role to the end of time, but not a bad game from Evan Fournier. Not a good game necessarily for him either. Aaron Gordon, 17 points, 6 for 14 shooting uh, for him. Uh, and that should just about do it for all the scoring. C.J. Watts, a nice game, nine points, four for eight shooting for him. I'll, I'll give him some credit. D.J. Augustin, not a nice game for him. Uh, like I said, Sacramento, though, three-pointers were just uh, were just too much in the end. Uh, Darren Collison leading the way with 19 points, 13 assists. Anthony Tolliver with 19 points and five for seven from beyond the arc. The Orlando Magic fall in their first trip to Golden 1 Center, 120 to 115. They'll continue their West Coast road trip on Thursday at Golden State against the Golden State Warriors. And I know that it sometimes sounds like I'm repeating myself a lot in here um, lately. And and some of it is, frankly, that the storylines are repetitive right now for the Orlando Magic. Uh, That there are certain things that the Magic are trying to accomplish this season that that bear repeating and are the prism through which we're going to view the final 15 games now of the season. There's 15 games left this year. I When I think of what the Magic are trying to do for the rest of the season, I go back to that first game. Uh, after the All-Star break, that is. Because the All-Star, the post-All-Star break is is a mini-season in itself. That first game after the All-Star break, Orlando had just lost a double-digit lead at home to the Portland Trailblazers, another team that was struggling. And Damian Lillard went nuts. Scored, I think, 17 of his 35 in, in that quarter. And sometimes Damian Lillard does that, and you got to know how to respond. And Orlando, I think, only had 14 points in that in that fourth quarter, and they lost the game. And I remember Frank Vogel sitting at the podium, you know, kind of the first time this team's been together, really, saying, because he was had been saying beforehand after the Serge Ibaka trade, we want to spend the rest of this year building our culture, building uh, winning habits and Kind of like I've like I've said before on this podcast before, building the base for the for a 2018 playoff run essentially. And he said at that podium back nearly a month ago now, three weeks ago now. He said, "This is exactly what I'm talking about. We've got to learn how to make the plays to win this game. When Damian Lillard is going off at home, we've got to be able to stop the tide and win this game." And to me, at least as someone watching the team, and and I and you know like 
like I've kind of said on Twitter to some people who are like, oh, it's 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 time to tank. I'm I'm gonna judge this team based on the standard they want to be judged on. And to me, that set the tone for the rest of the season. The Magic want to be judged on their ability to finish these games. And I've always had the approach, and I know I've said this before, I've always had the approach of, if you have a chance to win the game, you need to win the game. It's okay if you get out-executed down the stretch. I, I had no problem with the way the Washington game finished, for example. Wizards made plays down the stretch, the Magic missed shots, It was that was a loss. That's That's fine, you can live with that. I really didn't have problem with the Magic's loss to the Cavs. Like, there was something off about that game, but Cavs are a better team. You're going to lose that. That, that. that was fine. Magic put up a good fight. You know, they, they, it felt like they could have done a little bit more, but again, even the loss to the Knicks, like, that one was not great, but Knicks were a better team that night. The Magic just, just didn't have it. But when you have a chance to win, you need to win. The Chicago game felt like a turning point. Because the second loss to the Knicks, I meant the first loss to the Knicks the first time, but the second loss to the Knicks and the loss at Washington, those were games you had to close. Those were games similar to that Portland game where Orlando had the lead in the fourth quarter and all they had to do was preserve it. All they had to do was play and execute and for 12 minutes and they would win the game. They would accomplish their goal. And in those two instances, they didn't. Back-to-back nights, they didn't. And the second one was especially painful, a double-digit lead at home. This is what Frank Vogel's talking about in building a winning culture. Is certainly winning games when you have the opportunity but feeling comfortable in your own system, feeling trusting of your teammates that you can have a consistency, that there's a consistency about the way you play, that even if shots aren't falling, even if the other team's making a run, you can take that deep breath and close the game out and execute and still perform at a high level. And this is the kind of culture and attitude the Magic are trying to instill. And this is the hardest thing for them to build. When I look at Monday's game, Mon- like this weekend was an odd weekend. Friday, the Magic no-showed against Charlotte. And, and as I think I said on yesterday's podcast... You can go back in the archives on iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, tune in. As I said on yesterday's podcast, it takes an effort to lose by 30 with the regularity the Magic have lost by 30. It's six times this year. And those losses are certainly unacceptable. Losses like Monday night, though, it just feels like that's a loss that the Magic should be beyond. The Magic have played well enough since the All-Star break to expect more from themselves. To believe that 
A, we're better than this. We know we can execute. We know we can play at a certain level. So why aren't we playing at this level all the time? Why don't we have the consistency to play at a win at a, at a level that we know can win us basketball games? That is a huge question for the Magic. It absolutely is. And so, that's the culture they're trying to build. And Frank Vogel said at shoot-around to Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel, we want to take this road trip to build those winning habits and build that winning culture that we want to have. This franchise, this organization, needs to learn how to do this. It's been, as many of you have told me before, it's been five years now. At some point, you got to learn it to take that next step. And this team, this group that the Magic have right now, the Magic are figuring out what they can keep and where they can go next. They need to see something positive from this group if they're going to take that next step. This group today is the basis for what the Magic hope can be a 2018 playoff team. Maybe that calculus changes some with the way they're they're struggling to the finish. And as I would, you know, as, as you know, and I think most of us can kind of sense that, you know, maybe there's a change coming because of the way this team is struggling right now. You know, maybe we're overreacting. Maybe Monday is the wake up call, but again, it shouldn't take a it shouldn't take a wake up call. Friday should have been a wake up call. To, to play a certain style or play a certain way. Mon- Monday's problem wasn't effort like it was Friday. The team never quit. And again, I hate using those words, but... Monday, the Magic got beat because they didn't bring the intensity level that they needed to win. Monday was all about the Magic. And they've got to learn to bring a consistent level of energy, of effort, of execution, of focus, of commitment, of trust. That's part of building a winning culture. And it starts on defense. It absolutely starts on defense. Because that's how the Magic create offense. When they defend, they get out on the break and they, they score. And they, they can win. We've seen how effective they can be. The team is still figuring all this out. And there's certainly a sense, of, especially among the guys that have been on this roster for a long time, why is it taking so long? And that's probably a question better left for the summer. Because there's going to be some big decisions made about this team. About the players on this roster and who stays, who goes, and how the team is built next year. Because 
maybe this decision hasn't been made yet, but it certainly feels like this team is not going to tear it all down. They're going to try and go for the playoffs again next year. And that means players that are on this team right now, they have to step up and commit to a culture and commit to doing what needs to be done to win. However, it has to be. And that's what the rest of the season's about. Absolutely, that's what the rest of the season's about. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. But the rest of the season probably isn't so much about, but a, a big question the Magic need to answer is something that was actually interestingly asked in the preseason. And we haven't really addressed, and we never really addressed it, and I wanted to, but um, it still seems pretty apt question. Uh, if you if you go back to the preseason, and, and there's a link on OrlandoMagicDaily.com to this article, um, and, and and the article that I was discussing, I'll share it on Facebook as well as on Twitter later today. Um, Jason Concepcion of the Ringer in the preseason asked, tried to identify kind of the alpha personalities. Who's the kind of, you know. Who's the guy for each team, essentially? Who's the guy that, you know, how that te- how that guy goes is how the team goes. He kind of controls and pulls all the levers. And at the very, very end of that article, the very, very end of the Eastern Conference article, at least, came to the Orlando Magic and said, whose team is it? TBD, but it's probably Serge Ibaka. Certainly, Serge Ibaka was a huge storyline throughout the year, but he never really took on that mantle. And, and and the path for Serge Ibaka was pretty well laid out. If things didn't work out, they are going to trade him. And I mean, even I think in November, we could probably sense that the trade the Magic did is probably the trade they were going to get for Serge Ibaka. Now that Serge Ibaka's gone, though, whether, whether you thought that or not, I think there's still a legitimate question. And I think this is actually an important question the Magic need to, need to figure out this summer. Is who is their alpha? Who I mean, and, and I'm not big into the whole, you know, alpha minutes, but who is their guy? Who does this team rise and fall with? Who is the guy they're building around? And of course, this is a tremendously huge question that I think we'll get into plenty during the summer because I think answering this question is priority number one for the Orlando Magic because they've been without it. And I can already hear the shouts coming from the Twitterverse here. That was Victor Oladipo, guys. That was Victor Oladipo. Certainly, I think Victor Oladipo fits this kind of identity or what people think of as a primary player more than any player currently on the Magic. Whether he could successfully do that and and get the team to the playoffs, doing that, we'll probably never know now. I, I would argue the answer is no because he was that last year and he didn't do it. Um, so who is it? 
I mean, uh, back on at the trade deadline, I did my trade value column and said Aaron Gordon's the probably the most important trade piece that the Magic have. Uh, and, and so, you know, maybe he's someone you build around. And I think we're seeing some of his more successes at the power forward position, but certainly we've seen some of his inconsistencies and some of his struggles. He hasn't been able to find his clear fit. And I don't know if he's a player that you build completely around. On top of all that, you know, maybe the answer is it's Nikola Vucevic. Kind of a beating heart for the team. Like, like I think, I mean, I'll think back to Monday's game for a moment. The play where Aaron Gordon got beat by Anthony Tolliver, Vucevic was pissed. Sorry for the language, but he was angry. And it looked like a little bit angry at himself that he didn't slide over and make a better play. But, you know, interacting with Vucevic, and Aaron Gordon takes losses hard too. I'm sure he was disappointed in himself in that play too, but Nikola Vucevic takes these losses hard. He, like, he said it on the record, I really believed this was the year we were going to make the playoffs and take the next step, uh, and I'm, I'm really disappointed. And, and I think that's completely genuine. He's been here for five years. He's been through a lot of a lot of bad basketball, some of it on him, of course. But um, he really, I think he really believed that they were ready to take the next step, and 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 he's he's gotten better. He's improved. He's done the work. And, and Vucevic is kind of the heart and soul of the team in in some ways because of that. Uh, but having said that, are you building a team around him? I mean, the Magic have done that essentially for four years, and that. It never really quite worked. Now, in the article, it does allow for management and and coaches to be that the whose team is it guy. And 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 I, when I read this article, I had my answer in mind already, and it was someone in management. Uh, whether that's good or bad is neither here nor there. But clearly, just kind of moving forward, the Magic needs someone in this role that can create for others, that can kind of grab the defense's attention and be a little bit of a leader. Will the team to victory? As good as, I mean, I'll use Nikola Vucevic as an example. As good as Nikola Vucevic is, and he's good, and he's been better this year than he's been in, in, in his other years. He doesn't will the team to victory. He doesn't make a crazy play to make sure the team wins. And I don't know if that's part of the culture Vogel wants to build, but it's certainly something every team needs sometimes. It's just someone willing to just push and push and push, even if it's, and drag his team with him even if they don't want it. I think they thought Serge Ibaka would do that. That he's coming from a playoff team, he's got the ability to make those kinds of plays. Even Biombo, to some extent, can do that, at least on defense. But I think they believed Ibaka, increasing his offensive role, he would reawaken defensively and be able to push the team forward like that. Now, you know, maybe there's only so many players like that in, in the world and in the league. But Orlando certainly felt like, Orlando certainly missing this element, I think. And it's important that they find it because that's the basis of a playoff team. Finding someone who can galvanize the roster. 
It'll be interesting to see how the Magic answer this question in the summer. I'm sure we will address it again come May and June. Certainly, as the draft creeps closer, we'll be hoping that the Magic find that player that they can begin building around in the draft. So we'll see exactly how things turn out um, as they happen uh, in the near future. But this is a really important question to keep in mind as the Magic are trying to build their culture as well as the Magic move forward into the next phase of their rebuild as as they move into the end of the season. I want to thank everyone again for listening to the Locked On Magic podcast today. Uh, Appreciate all the listens and all all the love we've been getting. Be sure to follow us on iTunes. You can subscribe to the podcast, of course, on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Um, be sure to leave us a review and comments. It does help us climb the rankings, lets everyone know about the Orlando Magic podcast. So when they come searching for it after we win the lottery in May, uh, they'll know where to find us. See, that's see, got to put the work in early. That, that's that's how that's how you get the reward. Uh, on top of all that, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as on Facebook at Locked On Magic. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Daily, as well as like OrlandoMagicDaily.com on Facebook at Orlando Magic Daily. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to, to log on to OrlandoMagicDaily.com throughout the day for the latest on the team and the Orlando Magic. That's going to do it for today's episode for Locked On Magic and OrlandoMagicDaily.com. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I will probably see you again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.